So the question is how, how much is a person responsible for when it comes to what they contribute to the world and to society? Oh, that's how we're going to start this off. That's a deep fucking question to start. I know it's just the, you know, kind of jumps off what we were talking about. Responsible for. Well, in my opinion, it depends on one. It's going to depend on the person's perspective and the stories that they tell themselves. Now, I think each individual recognizes the opportunity that they have to influence the world and whether or not they can recognize it to be a responsibility. And and you know that I have a line between responsibility and opportunity and obviously obviously some things demand being recognized as an opportunity and I mean demand being recognized as a responsibility where where we can shift our perspective to helping ourselves make ourselves feel better about those responsibilities is by viewing them as opportunities. But man, I'm going to say that people don't even know. They're not aware. I like that you brought up opportunity and use that comparison and this goes to fuck literally everything that we talk about the in the the last episode with dr lance on discomfort on the one we did on resilience on purpose we we seek out things and challenges and then there's also challenges that we just we just do because we feel we need to that's the responsibility when you have um, a, a business to take care of a household children those are responsibilities and what you're saying when you view them as an opportunity it makes it makes it more important or do you do you get more out of it what's what's the difference there what is the importance of the opportunity Versus the responsibility. First of all, I just want to say yes. Yes. It does make it more important. And yes, it does give me more out of it. Uh, now ask that follow-up question again, because I was focused on that one. You know, I just thought of the, it's the have to versus get to, right? The responsibilities are the have to's and you can simply change the words, change the language and to the opportunity. And that's the get to. Um, also called a privilege. I like the opportunity better because it's it's something that you are you can gain something from as a direct reflection of what you put into it, right? That's what an opportunity is. So what what in your in your 
thought process. What is the difference here between um, viewing something as opportunity when it is a responsibility? Simply as I'm going to be able to maintain a better mood about performing it. Mm. Let's, let's talk about what we know. We know exercise, we know fitness. Uh, and we often choose to do difficult workouts. And some of those workouts we look at on paper and we tell ourselves flat out, man, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> and when we tell ourselves that, we're actually telling ourselves that we'd rather be doing something else. So then we look at, hey, you've done this before. Your body is capable. You know the benefits that you're going to get from it. And honestly, if I choose to skip this one workout, I'm still going to be fit. And should I choose to do this workout, I know I'm going to feel better afterwards. I'm going to feel accomplished. Uh, I'm going to have the opportunity to improve my fitness. So do I really have to do it or is this something that I get to do because I am capable, because I have the time, because I've dedicated myself to myself? That's when I'm able to look at it and be like, man, I'm grateful that I can do this. I hear, I often hear the people say, uh, you know, just staying on the workout topic for a bit. Um, you know, I mean, people, it is our, it is our lane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's relatable. So, so I hear a lot, you know, we, there's people that, that come to my gym who, who like to follow um, different programs. Like they'll take class and then they'll kind of follow some kind of program after whether it's a something written by one of our coaches or um, something they found like a program they found online. And, and I hear things like, Oh, I have to do this, this, and this today. Otherwise, I don't know, like, it's not, it's not good enough. I don't, it's not, I'm not going to get what I need out of the day or whatever. That's what I hear. That's not what they say. When, when people say I have to do you know, I got to do five rounds of this and then I have a, a strength thing to do. And then I have to do my accessory work. I'm like, do you have to like, <laughs> like who's on the other side of this saying, if you do this, you'll be good. If you don't do this, you're going to die. <laughs> right. That's, that's the, that's the thought process I have when I hear that shit. I'm like, do you really have to, or are you making the decision that this is something important to you so you are going to do it? If it's not important to you, why do you feel that you have to do it? And there's a, there's a line here that I'd love to be able to draw for them that, that shows them, that shows people 
every everything you you do, everything you have to do is an opportunity. And it's something that if it's in line with your values, going back to um, every podcast we've ever done, <laughs> <laughs> then, then, and only then are you obligated, not, not just obligated, you're privileged to do that. You get to do it when it's in line with your values. And at some, and, and I loved the, the discussion we had with Lance about, um, we didn't specifically say this, but toxic exercise dependency where people fall into that, um, that trap of like, if they miss the gym, like everything else goes wrong in their life. And like, they, they start to value the, the actual task completion over their, um, outcomes that they were originally looking for. So they put the gym before the family. Yeah, man. I was almost there yesterday. Yeah. Like I just, I messed up my time a little bit and, and in order to do all of the things that I wanted to do when it came to exercising yesterday, I needed a specific amount of time. Mm-hmm. And I legitimately started to get stressed out. Like I felt myself freaking out. And then quickly, I just thought about, you know, our conversation with Mark and slowing down my breath. And I took a deep breath and I was like, okay. I now only have this much time. What can I do right now that will set me up better for later? And I analyzed my day and I was like, okay, I do have enough time here to just move my workout to a different part of my day. And I may have to shift something else a little bit later than what I would like. And that's going to be okay. It's just one day, you know? And I quickly realized, holy crap, I almost just let this ruin my entire day at 5 a.m., if you ruin your if you allow something to ruin your day at 5 a.m., that's gonna be a long bad day. Mm-hmm. I used to let a lot of things ruin my day first thing in the morning. Dude, I remember as a kid, like I I am awful at the whole sleeping thing. <laughs> um especially when I was younger, I would I would, you know, I was into video games and shit. So I'd, I'd stay up super late playing video games, I'd be in front of a screen and then I'd struggle sleeping. I'd struggle waking up especially. And I remember it must've been like high school where I had to be up and get to class at like 7.50 in the morning. And I would wake up late and miss class and I would get angry, like legit angry at these things where, you know, holes through walls like getting mad kind of stuff like really frustrated not so much like with well yeah frustrated with myself like why why am i doing this it was was the constant question why can't i do this whatever and it took me a long time to not let things like that bother me for the rest of the day and i mean like seven o'clock in the morning i'd just be pissed off and then I'd have the rest of the day to 
keep my head down and have bad posture and breathe through my chest. And like, I wish I knew these things 20 years ago, except now I've, I've been able to, to have these, these setbacks as we call them. And I view them as opportunities. So it is, yeah, it's my fucking responsibility to get up on time and to make sure I'm available at for certain things and to be there for certain people. So if that is not true, I can't get mad about it. I fucked up, right? It's a setback. So now what do I do? I have to find a workaround, right? That's like what you did with your workout yesterday. You decide you found a workaround. But what struck me with your insight was the alignment to the values again. So you you already value waking up early, doing all your the things you have to do, working out is part of your values. You're also doing the 75 hard. So if you miss your workout, you are going against your integrity, which is one of your values. So because you had to, that was your responsibility to make the adjustments and, and find the workarounds because it's in line with your values. And you know that. It's a responsibility to myself though. Right, right. No one else. It, right. You're not doing it for someone else. You're doing it for your why, for you, for the right. internal and, guy inside. And you know, it's, I don't even view this as responsibility. Like translation would be, I view this as something that I just do. It's, it's who you are. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is definitely a part of my personality, my identity. Um, and that's the thing, Ron, about the stories that we tell ourselves, right? The you get to decide who you want to be and what's important to you. And then you just have to act accordingly. <laughs> right. And, and I believe, uh, and this is, uh, has been percolating in my mind for a few weeks now, like so many people are stuck because they are trying to be someone they're not right. Or they're trying to be somebody, <laughs> they're trying to be somebody that their parents wanted them to be or somebody trying, else, <laughs> or, or they're trying to be somebody that their high school teacher told them that they couldn't be. No, let me prove you wrong. Like. Dude, honestly, that's that's partially my inspiration for what I do for a living. Like someone told me when I just started coaching, I just opened my gym that I was a shitty coach. Oh. And then I had and I had like I wasn't there. I had no right to do it. I so I I wrote down this goal. Like we had a goals board on the wall and I fucking owned the gym. Like it, I was the coach. Right? I wrote down on the wall and in, in pink chalk on i got the blackboard paint for the wall and everyone in the gym wrote down a goal in chalk it was so cool mine was be the best coach possible and now eight years later man i've helped thousands of people and um and i'm proud of that but it's because it's because someone told me i couldn't it's a great it's a great 
You're going to up. start the fire. Repeat that, Ron, because yeah, okay. I lost you. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's a great match, but the flame burns out quick. It's a great way to start the fire. You need to come back around at some point and really find better reasons other than, oh, man, that guy told me I couldn't do it. Because I had a very similar situation. This guy told me that you'll never get people fit in a garage. Mm. <laughs> okay, bro. And here I am, 10 years later, owning a facility where people come to work out daily. And it's a garage. And it's a garage. It's literally a garage. There's garage doors on both sides. If you had all the side, side note, if you had all the money that you needed or wanted, would you still be in a garage? It'd be very similar to a it'd, garage. It'd be a different sized <laughs> garage. <laughs> it'd be a different sized garage. It would still have garage doors. And just something about that, right? And it would, and it, it would just be a lot cleaner <laughs> and a lot warmer in the winter and cooler in the summer. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you a gift right now, Ron. This is a gift. All right. You can clean your gym well for very little money. Oh, I'm aware. Sweat <laughs> equity, my man. I'm aware. The the tried and true is a clean facility. Oh, it's super clean. I love it. And I and love when you when you clean it and show me because it looks so nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it could always be cleaner. Yeah. And I, you know, I will implement the steps in order to make that happen. You know, I, now there's somebody currently pay, paid to clean for two hours every Saturday. Solid. So, yeah. So, uh, and I have full intentions of purchasing a floor scrubber here very soon. So, anyways, that's off topic. Oh, and, and oh, maybe it's not. I'm going to bring mine when I come up there. Maybe this I is need on, a new one. Maybe this is on topic, right? It is. It is my opportunity to keep tried and true clean. And that makes me happy because I have a facility to keep clean. I have the opportunity to keep that facility clean. It's not something that I have to do. I mean, I could let it be dirty and see if people stick around or I can keep it clean and know that people are going to stick around. Such a trivial thing to some people the little things right that are important and and it's you can very easily just be the person who cleans their gym every day and who does all these things because it's so important to you to make people happy and you know that that's part of it and that's just your well not make people happy well that's part of it yeah but make people appreciate what they have and i i truly feel that that's part of your your vision your mission here is to make is to help people appreciate the things they do have mm -hmm. that goes to um an inch something that we we had discussed earlier that that we wanted to talk about is um how this all relates to the future and 
our responsibility as leaders in a community, as adults, um, you as a parent, we have people who look up to us, right? Children, um, members of our gyms. Is it our responsibility? And I'm going to use the words responsibility and opportunity um, interchangeably. So is it our responsibility to guide them in the right direction? And how will that shape our future? So let's just take a look at one of Greg Glassman's most famous quotes. The greatest adaptation to CrossFit happens between the ears. Adapt the CrossFit methodology. And we have seen people's lives improve just from the fitness aspect alone. So recently, I've recognized that, hey, I can, I can take this to another level. And I've been writing about life, parenting, uh, relationships, and studying those things as well. Not just, I'm not just coming up with this top stuff off the top of my head. I'm regurgitating information, shifting words around to make it some of my own. And I've been writing about this stuff for two years now, a little bit longer. And just now recently, we've adapted it into our class model. We add a daily mindset piece. It's three sentences, four sentences long to, to our, our whiteboard brief, if you're familiar with what that means. It's just a brief introduction of what the class is going to feel like for that day. And we started off with a mindset piece, something for our members to think about in order to improve their lives. Because if I only care about the one hour I get with you a day or the one hour you get with one of our coaches a day and not your entire life, do I even care at all? Do you see that? I, and I, I had this thought just now, the responsibility versus opportunity thought again. Is that the title of this episode? I think Some, it is. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> responsibility, like you feel, do you feel that you are responsible for the people you serve? Is that part of your responsibility? Do you even have the right to be responsible for that? To tell people what they should be doing, how they should be living your, their life? That's the service that we provide now. That's what they look for. Yeah. And the, um, and the intent is com well communicated, right? Clearly. Yeah. It's, it's everything that has been the shift in our brand. Like our, our daily social media posts are our daily mindset pieces. It's relatively, and we've begun sending out 
weekly educational blogs. We are, we are a coaching business. We're not a gym. That's why I've made the language change. When I say where I'm going, I'm going to tried and true. Where am I at? I'm at tried and true. I'm no longer at the gym mm-hmm. because it's not just the gym. It's tried and true. It's a brand. It's, it's what it is. That's why my sweatshirt doesn't say CrossFit tried and true anymore. Even though that exists, that's a real thing. That is the. That's like your driver's license number. Right. It's the name of our. Under your name on the driver's license. Yeah. It's the name of our affiliate. It is not the name of our facility. Or your business. Or my business. Right. Right. Uh, So when it comes to providing a service that people are paying for, yes. That is my responsibility to provide them that service. And this is the service that we provide. If you come here looking, if you come to tried and true looking for a different service, then you've come to the wrong place. If you just want to work out, sure, we can accommodate that, but you're going to get more. And that's going to remain the same. So it's, it is your responsibility because it's the service that you provide. It's the service that upfront people are expecting to get some life improvement in many ways. Because of that, what is your opportunity? My opportunity are the people that come. The people that trust us. That's my opportunity. That's what keeps me in a good mood about it. How can we responsibly, different, different use of the word responsible. How can we responsibly guide human beings into the future? Start on day zero. Zero. Yeah. I wish. Why'd you choose zero and not one? Because you can start before day one happens. Um, I choose to look at the choices I have made in my life as stepping stones. The word regret is something I choose to say seldomly. Is that a word? Seldomly? Yeah. I choose, I choose to seldom say. Now, if there is something that I can say that I regret, which holds very little value, is the fact that I wish I would have adopted these practices sooner because I am a father. I wish, so day zero is before 
my son was conceived. I wish these practices would have started then so I could have influenced him in the way that I am hoping to influence him now. From you are. Then, you are from, influencing him now. From the way that I am influencing him now. Well, it's also his choice. So that's tough. I, I, I am taking the things, I am taking the steps that I need to take to influence. My hope is that it sticks. I, I know using the word hoping is, is uh, wishy-washy. Uh, yet it does have some meaning. Well, uh, you're, you are, you're, you're entitled to hope. Right. That's one of the things you are entitled to. And, and when, and, and I know that when you're saying hope, it's not like a desperation kind of hope. It's exactly. uh, it's something like, all right, I'm going to do my best. Mm-hmm. And I know that at, if I do my best, so, you know, some of it's going to stick, some of, some of it will stick what he, what your son what's for children your oldest your son i would imagine has um you have a very close relationship with your oldest son and that he's going to you know look at you either way like he's going to emulate you in a lot of different ways whether you like it or not so the, the things you've done leading up to now and then now what you do and how you portray yourself and the perception that you give to him, like those are the things that that are going to stick. And he may, when he gets older, begin to question some of those changes. Um, are you looking forward to the time that he does question? Absolutely that's when I know that his interest is real. And that's he, when he will. Oh, absolutely. That's at some when, point. That's when I know that he's paying attention. When he questions it, I know that he genuinely is looking for guidance, whether it be from me or from another source that's the moment where it, it matters. He's, he's, he's caring. I believe man, it 100% is our responsibility to, to be a positive example and to, to push people in a certain direction. Sometimes whether they like it or not. You know, it's funny is uh, somebody mentioned that some of my thought processes were cult-like. Hmm. And, and I, I laughed. It's like, good. It's like the world needs positive cults. <laughs> you know, cult has such a, bad taste in its mouth and you know in the mouth of humans because leaves such a bad taste in the mouth of humans there's the sentence that i was looking for well because you think of 
bloodbath. Like, <laughs> you think of things like Charles Manson and Waco, yeah. you know? If, Fantastic show, if, by the way. <laughs> if somebody wants to look at what my goal is as a human being, as being cult-like, let's go. <laughs> let's... <laughs> Yes, I, I, I want people to, I want people with an open mind to look and listen, at, look at what I'm doing and listen to the words that I'm saying, to what we're saying, to what we're doing, and realize that these practices, these lifestyle decisions will get them out of their own way, will get them the life that they desire, will get them healthy, will leave them feeling good the majority of the time. Like I remember, I remember when I was overweight, when I was playing video games, when the day I went to try and ride my bike after not riding it for three months and I was breathing so hard. I felt sick. I remember that feeling. And I was like, this was fun once. Right now, I am struggling to enjoy this. And now, at six days away from 38 years old, with the practices that I have in my daily life, I am able to have more fun than I was having at 18. You know, I, I've heard so many people say, wait till you get older. Wait till you get older. Mm. And then I get on Instagram and I see videos of Matt Hoffman crushing it. <laughs> and he's in his and he's I, I'm pretty confident he's in his 50s Easily. and he's he's still riding his bike at a resemblance of his capacity from when he was younger and Tony Hawk is doing the same thing and I have friends that are pushing 45 50 years old that are still doing the things that we were doing <laughs> at 25 and most of them have a different lifestyle than I do. They're making different decisions. Their health could be better. I, I, I wonder for them if they took responsibility for their health and adopted some of these practices that we talk about doing hard things, strength training, practicing gratitude, how much longer could they go? Could they be doing what they're doing now in their late 40s, 50s, into their 60s, 70s? How, how much further can we go with technology, with the technologies that we have now? I want people to take responsibility. I want people to see the opportunity that they have in front of them to take responsibility for their own lives so they can live the best life possible. 
And it doesn't have to be the same way that we do it. It just has to be similar. Find a movement practice that you enjoy and continue to and do it. Eat quality foods. Sleep as much as you can. I'm not going to give you a specific amount of time because I struggle with that one. Educate yourself on what healthy humans are doing on a daily basis and follow suit. Limit the excuses that you make. Look have for the, this. Look for the time that exists in your schedule and recognize that five minutes is better than zero minutes. We have this interesting, I won't say unique because unique would be rare. The, the Western population, right? Probably, probably one fifth of the world's population, which comparatively is not a lot of people. There it is a lot of people. It's, it's, it's a, couple of billion people are poised to optimize their bodies. And, and we talked about this with Lance survival is not even a question. Thriving is the question. Are people in the Western world? And I mean, there, dude, there's, there's countries, there's civilizations of millions, billions of people out there. Look up the fucking pygmies in Africa or the slums of Sri Lanka. Like these people are living on the side of train tracks in tents. Like it's brutal where if they don't know when they wake up in the morning, if they will survive, if they will live to see another day. Yet we take a lot of this for granted. And, and that's besides the point. But what we are, what we are poised to do is optimize what it means to be human. We have the ability to take these bags that we are born with and live in and make them function to the level of a goddamn MacBook Pro, right? And I'm looking, staring at my computer. And I remember in the 90s when computers were like slow. And, I, and the other day, man, something was taking a few minutes to load on my computer and I was getting like frustrated. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> This is amazing that I can do this in a matter of seconds. And then uh, the human body is, is similar. Like, dude, I take a couple of different supplements. I eat well. I eat abundantly, like enough to survive and, and more. I work out on a regular basis. We have the free time to do these things. We can make these decisions. A lot of people in the world, and I mean several billion people in the world, think of that number and how it relates to you. Are, are unsure of whether or not they're going to die tomorrow. So they are way more grateful for what they have. And you had raised a really interesting point that I want to back up to and tie this in together. Um, you said the word cult. We are part of a cult. We sound like cult speakers. And, and I looked it up and I typed the word cult and it auto-filled on Google to the word culture. And, and the root of the word culture is cult. 
cult is the entity, the group of, right? Think of every religion in the world, right? Christianity, Judaism, Islam, there's are cults of like-minded people who have, share values, who share interests, they share um, sometimes hobbies, they share everything. They are relatable. Cult is a group of people that have relationships that are really similar. And we, from the cult, create a culture or vice versa. The culture is what's inherited. It's instilled. I just did a recording on this. People probably can listen to that before we release this one um, on inheriting certain traits. And these are all derivative of our childhood, of the people around us, of, of life. If we were born into a different place, you and I would, would not be having this conversation. The idea of like using the word I am versus I might or would be asinine to us because it's just not fucking important. Like, Hey, I need to, I need to eat tomorrow. What am I going to hunt today? Like, that's going to be more important. That's like what Dr. Lance, <laughs> that's what Dr. Lance told us, you know, the ability to survive as easily as we can now is brand new. It's They're very new. I mean, within the last 50 years or so. Yeah, it's it's totally in its infancy, especially if we look at all the advancements in medicine and how many humans are currently alive right now that should be dead. Be <laughs> because, yep. because doctors saved them. Because doctors prolonged life. Yeah. Right. Way too, like, yes, overpopulation is a thing. Yet you go, you go into certain parts of America. Like, I think, I believe the state of Montana has less people than the entire, like, this city that I live in. Like, like I'm in Staten Island, New York. There's a roughly 1 million people here. And that's a shitload of people for a, you know, 12 square mile island in in New York City. Less than Manhattan by 10x, right? There's 10 million people in, in Manhattan. And, and it's fascinating because there's less people in an entire state in Montana. And then there's a thousand times more people in India, in one little city in the capital of India, there's like 30 million people. And it's, it's something that we, we take for granted, like these, these opportunities that we do have, we view them as responsibilities. We play the fucking victim in our own game, in our own story, because we're just so blissfully unaware of what's happening in the world. And it is our culture that's brought us there. And our culture is ever changing you and I have the opportunity and the responsibility to instill strong values in the people that we connect with through the culture that we've created and lived for our, the, the rest, the, at least the last few years of our life. Man, I like this, this topic on cult and culture. Hmm. It's Maybe. funny because we 
vaguely even touched what we had planned on talking about today. We did, and we touched on it. It's all right. Well, we planned on on discussing today, and we will have more discussions on that topic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, was and it's the same thing. It's like, dude, you were raised a certain way. So was I. Everyone is raised in a certain direction. Like I went to Catholic school for the first. 13 years of my life. And I was raised on certain values, on a certain culture, a certain lifestyle. We celebrated certain holidays and all this stuff leads you in a certain direction because of the influences. And what we want to discuss or wanted to really dive into was, was exactly that. Like, is it even up to us to make the decisions for other people to like show them like, this is how you're supposed to live. And then what are the ramifications of that? I feel if it's, I feel it's more of a, this is how you can live. Can live. Gotcha. Versus this is how you're supposed to live. Yeah. The the supposed to is, is not, not in my vocabulary anymore. It's just like when somebody comes up to you and says, Hey man, what's the best nutrition plan for me? The response that we give now being advanced in this career is whatever, whatever one you stick to. (laughs) Okay. So my personal way of life is a way that you can live. I believe that my habits, my practices bring me joy, bring me high quality of life. Do they need to be followed to a T by every single person? Absolutely not. What you can do is take pieces from me, from Matt, from other people that think the same way that we do. And you can start to make your own puzzle and paint yourself your own beautiful picture of life. Because there are people like Matt and I working very hard to find common ways for everyone to live in order to live a high quality lifestyle. And it's going to look exactly how it looks for you. I am, I'm picturing this image in my head of like bubbles (laughs) floating around in space. Even you can picture on a bigger scheme galaxies, right? And within each galaxy is a culture, is a way of life. And some people are in one and they want to get to another. And then there's the people like us. And we were kind of in the between because we ask the questions. Because when people ask me, what, what's the best diet for me? And our answer is, that's a great question. Let's figure it out we can show people the way from one to the other because we we live in that gray area that 
that empty space between the bubbles. Like personally, my values are mine. They're my own. I, I decided on those things. I believe I do. I did. Same, same as you. Whereas a lot of people lack the opportunity to do that or have not been shown the way. And when they come to that realization that they want to get out of what they are, what they do, who they are, and get into something different, that's where we come in and we show them that you can take responsibility for yourself. And when you start to see the opportunities that are in front of you, that's when life becomes just more joyous, more fulfilling. So you ask, is it truly our responsibility to tell other people what they should do? I'm going to answer it like this. It's our responsibility to find the things that make us happy, do them, and tell everyone about it. Deal. I'll take that answer. I bet there's a few people that are going to listen to this who might feel that way, that that they are in a bubble and they like to get out. And they have yet to see the opportunities in front of them. And if there are those people, guys, you need to reach out to us because we like to have these conversations and we believe we can help. Ron, as always, love you, man. Talk to you soon. If you loved this podcast, then share it. Tell all your friends. Hit the copy button. Copy the link. Choose five friends in your contact list on your phone and send it out. Let them know what they can expect from it, too. Because we are on a mission here to change the world and we want to help as many people as possible. So if you know anyone who can benefit from hearing what we have to say or what our guests have to say, then send it over. It's not going to do them any good if they don't hear it. Another way you can support us and support the podcast is really simply go on to Apple or go on to Spotify and rate the thing. Give us a five-star review. Write us a little note. Let us know how we're doing. Shoot us a DM on Instagram. Whatever it takes, let us know so we know that we're on the right track. And we know that we're providing content that is actually relevant to what you are needing and what you are looking for. And if it's not, hey, maybe we can help. So do your job. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it.